Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I am your host. And I have a ridiculous amount of people um, sending me messages right now for my, my little girl's birthday. But anyway, so um, I wanted to um, say that I have, and I, I have somebody pretty cool on the show today. You'll see Dr. Natalie Phillips is with us. Natalie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. And everyone, it's my fault. We're on late. <laughs> it's all good. It's, 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 it's Facebook. I, I don't <laughs> think anybody was sitting around looking at their watch going, what in the world is going on? So, okay, um, and should I call you Natalie or doctor? Yes, please. <laughs> So, so Natalie, you know, this show, I created this show to help people break through the junk that holds them back in life. And, um, because, you know, I mean, look, I, I've been very, very blessed in my journey and, and, and I, I want to give back. I wanted to give back, help people out. And I've gotten so much positive feedback on the show. And I, I, you know, I know we all have a story. You know, I don't know that you you were born into this world. And as a little girl, I'm not sure if you ever said, well, I want to be a doctor when I grow up. Most of us probably say that at some point as a kid. But, um, you know, I'm so I'm, I'm curious about your story. Um, you're you're phenomenal. We met through Lisa Copeland. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and we both have um, had the honor of hosting her show for her. So that's that was fun. But. Um, so let's talk about, let's, let's start with where you were born and raised. Well, I was technically born <laughs> in Washington, but um, moved out to Hawaii when I was probably less than a year old. So I was raised out in Hawaii. It's easier to say born and raised in Hawaii, but when you're in Hawaii growing up and you're born on the mainland and you move to Hawaii, you end up being called um, a banana or whatever it is. It's not like you're, you're like you're true, you know, or anything like that local. But so I had to say technically, yeah. um, but I was born in Washington in the state of Washington, moved out to Hawaii and grew up in Hawaii um, pretty much my my whole life until I went away to college. So my family's still out there. Wow. Um, it was an incredible time. I have to say, you know, growing up in Hawaii is pretty much what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I remember, um, I mean, lots of time at the beach and I went through high school and, you know, I was a jock in high school. Um, and I love just being able to, we had practices on the beach, you know, on Saturdays and then we went boogie boarding with our coaches and, you know, it was all that kind of stuff. And so, yes, ate a lot, enjoyed a lot. Um, you know, just everything, took everything in. It's a huge melting pot out there. And I have to say, I'm so blessed to have uh, grown up there. It's been a lot of fun there. So, um, so I, I, you know, that's interesting. I've never been to Hawaii. Not yet. It's it's definitely on the bucket list, but I haven't been there yet. And, and so, you know, I think, and what's funny is I literally, I, you know how I said, I'm sorry, I'm getting all these messages. A friend of mine that was raised in Hawaii just sent me a text message. So, so but so, you know, I think that, um, uh, you know, uh, we see those of us who've never been to Hawaii, um, we see it on TV, right? We see mm -hmm. pictures, we see videos. 
Um, what was it like? What what influenced you? I think as as a kid, like that that kind of you know made you who you are today. I, I guess. Well, um, let's let's um, get rid of some myths. We don't all live in grass huts, okay? <laughs> right <laughs> on the beach. Um, but no, I'm just joking. But right. honestly, um, I think because it was such a melting pot, we had. We just were very accepting of, of a lot of people, you know, coming in and out. And I think, you know, honestly, there's that, there's really that aloha spirit in Hawaii. And so what I learned, I, I think anyway, looking back is I really learned, um, having grace and, and inviting everybody in. You know, when I was growing up, I know one of the things my mom always did is we always had somebody new around the Thanksgiving table. And, you know, my birthday is around that time. And I remember being, you know, that awful teen. And sometimes I'd be kind of grouchy and kind of mad about it because I'm like, look, this is like my special time, you know. Right. But, you know, Christmases, Thanksgivings, um, we always had somebody that she she found somebody that didn't have a place to go. Um, and she invited them over. And that's one of the things that I mean, I still do it today, actually, in wow. my home, um, depending on, you know, what's going on uh, with my husband and everything, you know, with the athletes, we've had athletes over at my home, Thanksgiving, Christmas, just to make sure because they don't have a place to go. Yeah. And they can't go anywhere, you know, depending on the season. And so we've had some different uh, people over. We try to have people over. But it's it's that kind of aloha spirit. You know, you give without expecting anything. And that's probably where I got that part of myself um, growing up in Hawaii. So yeah. so you said athletes. Like, what what athletes? So the athletes here. So my husband is the head strength and conditioning coach at Colorado State University. Oh, wow that he works with uh, men's basketball and women's volleyball and those were the two sports that I played so of course you know we show up as a family and we kind of try to make it to as many home games as possible right. um, but during basketball season which is right now I usually take a break from traveling as much because I have to be home with the kids versus my husband um, he has to travel with the team and so okay. you know for Christmases Thanksgivings we normally don't go anywhere to be with family because he's in season and so um, you know, a lot of the players, they don't have a place to go. So we make sure, you know, along with some of the other coaches and everything too, but we make sure that, um, uh, you know, they have places to go and, and, you know, just to be in a home basically, you know, yeah. sometimes we get attached. We had a, we had a guy that, um, started in his freshman year and honestly, we never are in a place for longer than three to five years based on how these 18 to 21 year olds are playing, yeah. you know, it, it was always dependent on that. And here in Colorado, I've been here for close to 10 years, which we're very blessed to say that we're very happy here, hoping that we don't have to move. Um, but this is the first place that we actually saw people that came in from their freshman year and graduated. And so, you know, they spent some Thanksgivings, Christmases with us uh, during that time. That's so awesome. it, that, those are the things I'm talking about. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. awesome. And what did your what what? What did your parents do when you were growing up? I mean, I mean, you have to, because I, from my understanding, I used to used to have a guy that worked for me. Um, he was like, I think he was like eighth, sixth, or eighth generation American, but one hundred percent Japanese. <laughs> like, uh -huh. like he yeah. was right, and and but he he worked for me, and and the kindest young man I've ever known in my life. Just an amazing, and you know, so I've had talks and, 
And he's like, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do anything, own property, anything in Hawaii, you definitely have to have money or a really good job or, or inherit property, which happens a lot, I heard, there, too. So what, what was yeah. the situation like for you and your, your parents? How, how did what they do for a living? Again, I was I was pretty blessed uh, with my parents. Um, they my mom was a fifth grade school teacher in a private Christian school, and then uh, my dad was an actuary. So um, he was mostly the breadwinner. Um, and we did both my sister and I, I have an older sister, uh, went to a private school. So we were we were blessed to be able to have the means to do that and have, you know, everything that we needed, so to speak, you What's, know, what is an um, actuary? An actuary <laughs> is basically all I know when I was young was that he was very good at math. Oh, Okay. But now I know that what he did was he worked with different uh, companies like hospitals and um, other corporate level um, companies and organizations. And what he did was he helped them write their pension plans and help them forecast uh, what they needed to have invested and, um, uh, you know, things like that. So I, I got you. Yeah. So, um, wow. So um, so he he did well then. He did. Yeah. yeah. So and and you said you you lived in Hawaii. So you graduated from from high school yep. and and all of that there until you went to college. Where did you end up going to college? I, I assume now it wasn't Hawaii. Nope i I was actually like ready to charge forward and go. Um, and you know, my senior year in high school, and this kind of I thought about it for a long time. And you know, my senior year in high school, I decided that. I kind of just didn't only want to be a jock. I just wanted to do everything possible because this is my senior year. So I went out and um, I was in student council. I, you know, was in the school musical. I, you know, did servant group and all this kind of stuff. And so I had a lot of fun in my senior year. I was ready to go. I went to college in um, Colorado here, actually, at oh. this kind of a dirty word here in Fort Collins, but CU Boulder, because it's kind of like the, um, uh, the people that we play and, you know, just our rivals and everything. But, yeah. uh, yeah. I went to university of Colorado at Boulder okay. and, um, <clears throat> there for four years. And initially, you know, I was lucky because I went there and my sister was there. I had a couple of friends that were there. We sort of had, you know, an Aloha club, Hawaii group, you know, that we kind of all started to get to know each other and everything. Um, and, I had changed, you know, majors while I was in college. I actually went to college um, initially to be a pediatrician and because I, I liked kids and I wanted to, I loved science and I loved math. And so I thought, okay, you know, I'll be a pediatrician. I started taking my biology classes and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to be in school for like eight years. I'm like, I'm not too sure I can do this. And right. so I switched to a drama major and then I became a drama major and started oh, taking man. classes and I loved it. But then I thought, oh my gosh, like, they're going to make me an actress on the stage. And that's just not who I am. Like, I just wanted to be a drama teacher. I do. I wanted to be behind the scenes. Right. I didn't want to be out in front of anybody. Um, and I was like, oh, God, okay, I can't do this. All this Shakespeare, like, I can't do it. And so then um, I went to see a counselor, and I actually changed my major to communication disorders and speech sciences, which was um, speech pathology and audiology, basically. Wow. And I went through school, you know, finishing up and doing that type of thing. Um, still, you know, I was, I kind of made all my classes from eight to 12, you know, and so that way I could 
have the rest of the half a day. So I only went to school for half a day. Um, and then I sang in the choir for four years in Colorado. Um, and then that's where I met my husband, actually. And so wow. what I did at night then was, besides playing intramural sports and everything like that, um, we were both basketball referees uh, at night. And so that was my night job, and that's how I made money. Um, but I would, you know, get home, study, eat, have a game or two if I had to go play, and then I would go either ref or scorekeeper, whatever. And that's how we met was we were both re- basketball referees at CU Boulder. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that we love telling that story because they told it at our wedding. Um, they basically the our best man who is also here in Colorado. He was also a referee and he tells the story of how I was playing on the court with my team and a girl stole the ball from my teammate and ran down the court and I hustled my tail after her and I got ready to like hack the ball out of her hands. But of course I followed her and I looked up and all of a sudden and it was my husband, Jason. And I looked up and he's, and I was like, Oh my gosh, he's totally going to call me. Cause that was so obvious. And he's like, no foul. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he didn't call me. And I grabbed the ball and I headed down the court again. And that basically was our meeting and the rest was history. And yeah. And so that's, that's where my husband and I actually met was on the basketball court. That is an awesome story. <laughs> wow. So, so you, so I have a niece that I, I think she has a master's degree in, um, well, I know she has a master's degree. I think it's in, um, speech therapy, maybe from, from uh-huh. the university of Cincinnati. But, um, so, so you like, it sounds like, and, and the, don't take this wrong, but it sounds to me like. You like had, you've had like a perfect life, no challenges. Nope. <laughs> Until you tried to get on Skype nope. this morning. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, and I my first challenge Skype. ever in life was Skype. Oh my gosh. No, no. I've actually had um, a, a couple of different things, I've, you know, as, as everybody has their stories. Sure. Um, I did. I was very blessed to, to have my experience in Hawaii. I was very blessed to have, you know, my college experience. Um, and it, it was interesting because I was thinking about this the other day, too. And it, and it kind of goes back uh, even to high school. But, you know, I was very blessed and lucky. But um, as I was going through, you know, it, things didn't come easy. And and when I have these conversations with, with people that I'm either working with as clients or, you know, friends of mine, I'm an open book. And I definitely want to make sure that people know that it, not as easy. I mean, people see you on Facebook, right? They see you all the good stuff, right? And, um, and all the things that I get to do, all the opportunities, but it has not been easy. And unfortunately, my story starts when I became a professional and even years into that, you know, think things where you think, okay, like I'm over 40 years old. Like, why am I dealing with this drama now? This is awful. Like, I don't understand this, you know? And I think, I honestly think that People are given things that they're going to break through. They're going to make it through at the right time when they're meant when their capacity mentally and emotionally are going to be able to handle it. Yeah. Um, And I mean, honestly, through high school, I, you know, and college, I was just having fun. I had such a fun time. If you ask me when my my best time was that I had the most fun was probably going to be college, you know, which, you know, probably everybody kind of says that. But I just felt so free there. Um. And I, 
you know, I loved going into my, my field. You know, I worked hard at it. Um, now being 20 years as an audiologist, wow. you know, um, I was told initially that, well, it doesn't matter what you do because whatever you're going to do, a guy's going to come in, a, ma- a male audiologist is going to come in and make way more money than you did do anyway. Um, so I was told that and I was like, yeah, I don't really like, I'm, I don't agree with that yet. I'm like, hold that thought, you know, <laughs> I was told is in audiology, um, you know what, you're going to have to pick one thing. You're going to have to pick one thing, which means to us, it means, okay, you're just going to fit hearing aids or you're just going to do implants or you're just going to do rehab or, or things like that. And I was like, and again, looking back at who I was in my senior year, when I started to just come out, I was like, no, I want to do everything. Like I'm doing everything. And so luckily, um, when I lived in California, uh, so my husband and I, let me back up. So my husband and I, we, we moved, like I said, yeah. you know, every three to five years we've lived in, um, after we graduated from, um, undergrad in Colorado, he went home to South Dakota and, and I went home to Hawaii and I, I did my master's degree out there. Wow. And after about a semester, I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. But I'm in school and he was a, um, at the time he was an athletic trainer for a CBA basketball team in South Dakota. And I said, this isn't going to work. Like we can't be far apart. And so he quit his job, moved to Hawaii, waited for me. Cause I was like, I'm not getting married until I'm done with my master's. I'm wow. like, so you just sit- Oh my <laughs> I'm finishing gosh. school. You know? So he, he came to Hawaii. He worked and, um, I finished my master's degree. We got married. And then um, I had to do a clinical fellowship year. So I stayed out in Hawaii and did that. And then after I was done there, um, he said, well, I want to go back for my master's degree. I said, all right, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to get exercise physiology. I said, okay. So then he got in um, in Texas. And so we moved to Denton, Texas. And, uh, and there he did his master's degree while I worked. And I worked for a nonprofit organization setting up newborn hearing screening programs all over Texas. And so I had to travel um, he stayed put. We had the best of friends there. Like I said, we were young married people, yeah. no kids. All of our friends were young marrieds. And again, I, I really think God brought people into our lives at the right time in order to support us through our whole entire life. You right. know, right. Um, lived in Texas for maybe a short of two years. He graduated. I was like, I got to get out of here. I love <laughs> Texas, but but the heat and the crickets. And, and it was just, I was like, I gotta the get cri- out. The crickets? What's the wrong with crickets. the crickets? So we lived in Texas during this one summer and I swear to God, I was like, this, this, I can't believe it. It, people were dying. It was so hot because they didn't have air conditioning. Yeah. And then the crickets. Okay. So I would go to the grocery store. And I'd be like, well, that's a really weird black like outline on the wall and it's all curvy. And I'd walk up and I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's like crickets all the way up the wall. What? And I'd bend down and I'd hold my, hold my pant legs together because I'm like, oh my gosh, these things are going to crawl up my legs. Oh gosh. Just, they only la- they only live for like 24 hours or something like that. And they smell when they die. I learned so much about crickets and I was just like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And so and this and is you, in Texas. This was in Texas. And I've, I've never, never and I, heard of this. What? And I traveled to Dallas and for Lisa's going to kill me. She's like, all right, really? She's like, don't you go dog on Texas. No, I loved the people in Texas. Yeah. Um, they were so loving and accommodating, but yeah, the man eating crickets have to go. Yeah. We're out of here. So, <laughs> 
Um, oh so what God. happened was he, um, we decided to go to the West Coast, halfway between my family and halfway between his family. Right. And um, I said, all right, you know, let's just start applying. It doesn't really matter where on the West Coast. Let's just go. So he actually got an internship offer with the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. And, um, it was a summer internship. And I got an offer at UC Irvine Medical Center. And um, they flew me out there, he, both of us. And they said, we want you to come out here. We have eight attendings, eight residents, did an interview. And they said, we needed you like yesterday. We have no audiologists to run this department. And I looked at him and he's like, I said, well, are we going to San Francisco? Or are we going to Orange County? I said, I will apply north. You apply south. And he's like, no. He's like, you know what? We can't. They need you. We got to go. And I was like, really? And he said, yes. And I said, all right. So when I arrived at UC Irvine, um, I got to work with some incredible physicians. One in particular, we ended up um, hitting it off and opening up a private practice in Newport Beach. Um, wow. And he allowed me to do everything possible under the sun in audiology. And even if I didn't know it, I would go back to my books and learn it. I come back out, I try it. So there is where I was able to cultivate everything that possible that I could for audiology. Um, and then when we went out to his private practice, I mean, we were the practice and he still is in California. Um, if anybody needs ear surgery, head and neck surgery, I'm, I would send you to him, no doubt. Wow. Um, and I learned a lot professionally from him. You know, he was very, um, very, never would talk bad about anybody. Right. He'd sit and listen, you know, very, very calm in ma you know, manner. And I, I get excited and, you know, upset and, you know, and everything like that. But I um, learned a lot about him. That's also when I decided. Um, so what happened was while I was working and building my my who I was as an audiologist, my right. husband struggled. So, you know, he gave up this NFL possibility right early on. And he ended up being a security guard at a high school. He ended up being a football coach at a high school. He ended up being an associate director at a YMCA running some PE programs, you know, and he struggled. Wow. And, um, and he did that for you. He did it. Yeah, he yeah. did it. And, wow. um, and this is where we started to have marriage problems, you know. And so we did end up going to a counselor while we were in um, California because what I had to learn was that as the man of the household, we're, you know, he likes to make sure that he can take care of us. And at the time, I was the breadwinner. I was the one excelling. You know, he was kind of staying still. And it wasn't anything that we were doing except for the fact that I had to acknowledge it and make sure that we were on, you know, an even plane, right, equally yeah. yoked, yeah. right? And so, um, so it was a hard time, you know, we had to learn, we, we went through, um, a lot of counseling, which, you know, a lot of our friends around us said, no, it's time you guys have to go. This is ridiculous. And so what happened was, um, after we went out to the private practice and I worked there for a few years, he ended up, um, or at the time that we moved over to the private practice, he actually ended up getting a job at UC Irvine as an assistant uh, strength and conditioning coach. So now he was finally doing what he was doing. It was paying peanuts though. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but he was at least doing what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, the next summer, the San Diego Chargers called and said, Hey, we've got the word on the street is you're really good. We want you to come down here for a summer internship. There's no guarantee that you are going to have a job after that. And I said, you got to go. I said, you gave up San Francisco. You have to go down to the Chargers. Yeah. And so he went down. Um, he downsized. My husband, 6'2", 250, downsized to Fort Focus, <laughs> oh, drove wow. down to San Diego <laughs> an hour and a half and back every day. He came home every day. We didn't have kids yet. Um, 
and he worked the day and came back, you know, and went, you know, um, for the and whole summer. An hour and a half one way. Way. Yeah. One way. Yep. Yeah. And he came back and at the end of the summer, you know, UC Irvine gave him back his job and he continued to be the assistant strength coach. The next summer happened and they said, they called again and said, we loved you so much. We want you to come back. But again, no guarantee you're going to have a job. And um, UC Irvine said, this time we're not holding your job. You go and you're done. And so I looked at him and we were five years now in California. And I said, you got to go. I said, you have to go, you know, uh, and this was after counseling. This was like yeah. I'm zipping my lip, you know, I'm like, you have, to. I, I love what I do, but you're not loving what you do. Right. And so he said, okay, he made it down there a week. And then Oregon state called and said, um, we want to fly you up for an interview. We have an assistant strength and conditioning coach, um, uh, available uh, position. And so they, they flew him up on Friday. He flew home on Friday. They offered him the job. And I believe within one or two weeks, we were moving to Corvallis. Um, I had to say, yes, I had to say goodbye to my doc, um, to the practice that I love. My dream job that I thought of at the time, I cried for two days. And this, husband, but you own, didn't you own the practice? No, this was, um, this, this was the deal. So I never owned any practice because oh. that if I owned a practice, I'd have to probably sell within three to five years. Cause gotcha. I, there's no way. And I couldn't do that to my patients. So I always jumped on board. I stayed in the medical area. I didn't go to a private practice audiology wise right. hearing aids, but I stayed with a physician and I learned to have a great relationship with physicians, um, uh, ear, nose and throat physicians. And so before I left, so I cried for two days cause that was my dream job. But I thought, you know what? He sacrificed, I mean, five years ago, he could have had his breakthrough, yeah. right? I could have been struggling. And so it's his time. And so um, I ended up uh, sitting down with a businessman at the time. He was an, also an audiologist. And I said, okay, I have a feeling that uh, I'm going to be moving around a lot. And I said, I really need to learn how to negotiate my salary. I said, so let's go have dinner. And he goes, great, <laughs> well, let's do it. And so we went and had dinner. And I I swear this, that was, I, I don't even know why I called him. You know, I just looked up to him and everything. He sat me down. He did a spreadsheet. He helped me figure out as an audiologist based on reimbursement rates and everything, um, how to negotiate my salary. And I've used it ever since I teach students this now. And, um, I basically carved out a way to make money, not the traditional way as an audiologist makes money just because I can walk in now and I can, um, do, my negotiations and yeah. it worked. And now I have a pathway of, if you don't believe me, why don't you call my last few places that I was and ask and th it's game over after right. that, you know? Right. And so, um, we moved to, we moved to Oregon for about a year and a half. And then he got, uh, no, the head strength coach that hired him got fired, moved up to university of Washington and then hired him on there. When we got up there, he got fired again, and oh. then my husband lost his job. So my husband went on unemployment um, for a few months because by that time, so I had my son in Oregon, and then I had my daughter in um, Washington. And by that time, it was way too expensive to put these little tykes in daycare yeah. on salary. Right. So I was like, collecting unemployment. I don't care how much it is a month, but you're that was a whole process that was so enlightening. That I was like, but we have to, and you're going to be daddy daycare. I got to go to work, right. you know? And so, um, for a few months he was unemployed, yeah. we collected unemployment and then Colorado state called 
and said, you know, we have a job offer here. We flew out. We, I said, and that's what I told him. I said, if we're moving anywhere east of the West Coast, I want to go back to Colorado. I said, I would love to go back to Colorado. Um, we both came out to Fort Collins and we didn't notice that, um, you know, we, we saw about like 15 houses in one day. I had two interviews. He had his interview. Um, and, and the rest is history. We ended up here. And so, 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 so what part of Washington were you in? What is I was that? in, so Seattle, I worked out of okay. the clinic. Um, okay. and even then I, I learned throughout, uh, you know, being an audiologist there. And so, um, and then we lived just north of Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I used to live in Seattle. I love Seattle. I did too. I really yeah. love Seattle. I love the people there too. And so, yeah. you know, going around, I, I constantly thought, you know, it's like, I'm like, I feel like a military, you know, I can yeah. never put my roots down. It's not fair. You know, um, you see everybody, you see movies, you see all your, your friends at home growing up and they're in one place for 20 to 30 years. Why can't we just be that? And I started to resent it. Um, but at the same time, I reflected and I thought, you know what? This is who made me who I am because I have to put myself in a position and make connections right away right. in order to make me happy in where we are, you know. And so I had to learn that skill of reaching out to people I didn't know, make connections, but make right. real connections, not just like, oh, what do you do? You know, let's right. go have a coffee but no let's have a cup of coffee let's look at each other in the eye and really learn about what each other does right you know and so this is what's slowly growing into what i'm building so as an audiologist you know um yes i've built my practice i built what i did i you know was speaking at conferences i was doing different things and i and i loved it you know but at the same time there was still something missing. Like I, I still had that thing in my head like I don't own anything right, right I don't right, own my business right. and so when I Started with my with the practice here again. Started with the doctor. Walked in and said, "Look, you have me for three to five years. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, make sure you you keep watching the um, the sports. You know, because that'll tell you whether or not I'm going to be here or not, right?" right? <laughs> and uh, it ended up being that things got rearranged in the athletic department. And now my, my husband is the head strength and conditioning coach. So hopefully knock on wood, you know, we're, we've been pretty safe, you know, and, but, but, and he does work I, with you know, I, I think I want to back up a little bit because you, you made a statement. Um, and I, I want to point this out. You said I started becoming resentful, but mm -hmm. like, you're resenting your own choices. You picked your <laughs> husband, you picked your career, you knew, I mean, right. Right. But isn't yeah. that funny how we become resentful of our yeah. own decisions? Yeah, no, I know. And we want to blame everything out here exactly. when it's really my fault. Yep. Right. And so, yes, exactly. You know, and, and it's just a matter of learning and reflecting like, okay, either you're going to leave yeah. or you're going to make do with what you have because this is exactly what you said. This is the choice that you've made, right? right. Um, and, and how to be better at that choice, right? And so, um, you know, being here in Colorado, still thriving in audiology, I'm loving it. Yeah. And I just felt like it wasn't enough, though, you know, and I didn't know what it was. And so um, I became involved in an organization. This is how I met Lisa, where yeah. I was a global ambassador. Right. I just I went to a lunch meeting here in Denver and I saw this woman speak and I thought, oh, my gosh, like I want to get involved. It has nothing to do with audiology, but I want to get involved in this. And um, and so I did. I reached out applied, ended up being a global ambassador with 25 other women wow. um, for is, this company. Um, empowering a Billion Women by 2020. What is it? Empowering a Billion Women by 2020. Okay. Um, 
And so I loved it. And I got to meet so many incredible people. You know, again, flew to Texas. This is where I met Sherry Matthews. This is where I met Lisa Copeland, you know. But everything about these decisions is is all the other stuff around it. Like I my time and I I served for about three years, okay? But my time there and as a volunteer position, I just kind of showed up, volunteered, tried to do put some things together. Um, I learned so much. I was in this entrepreneurial space that I've never been in, right? Because right. I'm an audiologist. This is where I really started to own up that I'm not just an audiologist. Because even at these settings, when I first saw Lisa, when I first saw Sherry Matthews, I walked in and I thought, I'm so out of place. Like these women are incredible. And all I am is an audiologist. That's what I said in my head, right? right like right. who's going to want to meet me? I mean, all I'm going to talk about is ears, you know, I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> that is so boring. And so I thought, no, I'm more than that. So I wanted to create something that I could go in and say, no, I really want to do something else besides audiology. But I was being tugged at. I felt bad because I was like, not representing audiology, but I also felt bad because I wasn't quite, I felt like I wasn't quite smart enough or I didn't know enough about just being an entrepreneur, right? right, right. And so I was in this weird spot of, um, well, you know what? I'm just going to show up and I'm going to just be open. I have no expectations and I'm just going to meet whoever I'm going to meet and just be me. Right. It was still hard because at that one um, weekend, you know, I still felt the same. You know, we had to go in and you had to submit your bio and you were in this lookbook, you know, and then you kind of look through the book. I was looking through it on the plane and then you want you set up appointments to who you wanted to meet. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm like, nobody's going to want to meet with me. Like, I literally feel out of place. There's a hundred women, you know, and I was like, uh, uh-uh, you know, but I showed up because I was the I was a global ambassador. And I was going to show up, you know. And that's when I started to make some incredible, incredible um, connections. You know, Sharon Lecter was there. Some of my really good friends were there. Um, and I will never trade that weekend for anything because some of the relationships that I made at that weekend, it didn't matter where I was in the space that I was. Yeah. Have so far lasted, you know, the four or five years that I've known them now. And it's just, it's incredible. I know that anybody that I reach out to from that weekend is willing to talk to me, help me, support me, encourage yeah. me, whatever. It is. And I've never been in a room with a hundred women um, before that actually truly supported you. So when I arrived at that weekend, just about a year ago before, um, when I first moved here, I, I became really good friends with this one woman and um, we did everything together. You know, uh, we supported each other. I thought, well, this is really cool. You know, I've got this I've got this woman this that is um, super helpful for me in the business and then uh, my audiology business, as well as like she has no drama like whatsoever. She was my first introduction. Right. 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 But, but this is where um, I tell the story that probably about just a few months before I went to that weekend, actually it wasn't even a year. Um, at the, probably about four years into living in Colorado or, or so, um, this woman would catch me behind closed doors. So nobody knows at all, you know, um, how she is because she's so different on the front, but behind closed doors, um, she came to me and said these words and she said, you know, you're really not that special. She's like, I really don't know why people are drawn to you. Like, really, like you're only there there because I got you there and I was with you. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. And I, I tried to like, I tried to step back and I thought, okay, she's hurting right now because somebody said something really mean to her. And so I'm going to try to be a good friend and I'm just going to try to deny it or try to just like go into the space of supporting her. 
And I thought it was the only one time, one time. So I, I took it, I took it all, you know, and every chance during that conference, you know, with some of our friends, she said the same thing. She goes, I really don't understand why people talk to Natalie and they don't talk to me. And I'm like, okay, cut it already. Like, I can't, I can't I'll keep apologizing, you know, for something that I don't know what I'm doing. Wow. So that was done, you know, and that was only the first time. Second wow. time. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's like what you said. I allowed it to happen to me. So yeah. part it is my fault, right? Second time, this, these were her words. Um, I, I don't understand why people are interested in you anyway. You don't own anything. And I own my business and I make a lot more money than you do. Whoa. I, oh, she's doing this to me again. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do. I was so shocked. And I was like, I can't believe, how old are we? I'm like, how old are we? I'm like, I'm in my 40s and I'm dealing with this. I mean, it was so unfair. But like you said, I said, sometimes I wish I dealt with it earlier because I was so shocked. I was like, I feel like I'm in junior high again, you know, or something like that. And my, so I You know, my eight-year-old daughter had some kid say something stupid to her. Not, not like that, but pretty dumb, right? And my eight-year-old daughter looks at this, this little boy and says, I'm sorry, was that supposed to offend me? Because the only thing offending me right now is your face. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? I have to say, during all of this, I was a mess, and I openly <laughs> talked about all of what I was feeling with my kids. Yeah. So you're right. Like, I'm trying to teach these lessons to my kids and teaching my daughter to be fierce now. Right. So that if it comes now, she's ready to hit it. And you know what? These kinds of people you can walk away from. Okay. Right. So that was the second time. Second time. I barely made it through that conference. I literally, wow. you know, I, I could, I was so out of body. I was just like, I don't know what to do this. And, and she's you know? saying this to you, like to your face, just you and her talking. Yeah. Not in front of anybody else. Nobody else is around. Nope. So she's a bully. Nope. No. So, so what, unfortunately, you know, during that time, I was having such a hard time at that one conference that, um, I just, I didn't know what to do. And I was, and we had to speak and I had to speak the next day. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So I couldn't, I just couldn't get it together. You know, and I was getting mad too. I was starting to get mad. Because if I'm not professionally on when I'm supposed to be professionally on, yeah. like I get upset, you know, and so I was really mad. So, um, you know, afterwards, after the conference, you know, she apologized and said, you know, I'm really sorry. I said, yeah, I said, because what you did, I said, don't ever do that again. I said, don't ever do that again. I said, I barely made it through that. You know, and she goes, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I said, all right. I said, that's fine. And mentally, I said, that's it. No more. I said, I'm not doing anything else, you know. Third time. Third time? She okay. did it again? Okay, but let me tell you. Hold we on. Wait, 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 wait. She okay. apologized to you. Yes. For, for, I mean, just that's random. Yes. Yes. So we ran in the same circles. So it was very hard to not escape completely, right? Third time. I had made a decision to... um to use my audiology skills with a certain company. And, um, you know, I had to leave the company that we were, or the organization, I should say the organization that we were all together with. Yeah. And um, I, I had told the people, we were the core group, and I had told some of the core people that I was leaving because I wanted to go work on this because I felt like I was going to make a bigger impact here. Um, I gave them the chance to let me do the same impact within their organization, but they said it doesn't work that way. I said, I, I totally understand. So this is where I'm going. Right. Called her up just to have, you know, just because we were friends, right? Were friends. And just to let her know that I was also leaving. 
And this is the third time that she said, she says, you know what? She said, you're going to find out very soon that people really don't care about you. So you need to make your decision and move on. Oh my God. And I was like, half of me laughed, but half of me was like, damn it. Like, why did I subject myself to that again? Like what in the world? Right? Like why, why, why? And so I was so mad at myself. And, um, and so I was like, that's it. I'm done. Like I'm done. I'm cutting it off. Done. You know, and some people that look at us don't ever understand. Cause I won't talk about it, you know? Um, and, and it's, and it's interesting from then I, I went into a hole. I shut myself off. I was like, look, I was a leader in audiology. I don't need to be there anymore. I said, I've done that. I've been there, done that. I really don't want to be right. out there. Anymore. I said, I just want to be in my little hole, you know, comfortable, um, but then I started to create what I was doing because now I was living in this entrepreneurial world going back to this weekend, right, where I met yeah. Lisa and Sherry. And, again, I remember what, looking around the room and I remember tearing because I thought, okay, how can I be in a room with 100 women that truly believe in you and want to support what you're doing? And, you know, we had to do an ask and a give. And I said, I don't understand this. I said, where there's this one woman who ripped me to shreds behind closed doors, you know, and I was like, I can't. There's no way I can believe in this, you know? Yeah. So I ended up um, just kind of hanging around. I was, I was serving as a global ambassador, but just sort of hanging around observing. And people would say, what are you working on? Because, and this was Lisa. This was our dear friend, Lisa Copeland. And I remember it to this day. You know, she said, Natalie, what are you working on? I said, I'm not working on anything. Right. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, okay. She goes, bad answer, bad answer for her. Goes, when you do, she goes, you know, we're going to be behind you 100 percent. She goes. And I mean, again, shocking to me. Right. Because I'm yeah. coming off this. Right. Yeah. And I was like, OK, I was like, yeah, 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 I get it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and anyway, so I kind of observed, I kind of watched. And it wasn't until some of these friendships came, you know, where I, I started showing up more. They started showing up more. They would fly out to things that I was launching. I was flying out to things that they were launching. And a really good friend said to me, um, she said, you know, what are you doing? She said, you really need to create something because what you're doing on my, so I work in the clinic Monday through Thursday. I have my Fridays off right. and on my Fridays off, what I was doing was meeting with people here in the community in Fort Collins. I don't know why I was just doing it right. Meeting these wonderful people, incredible people, hearing their stories. I didn't know, but I was forming what I wanted to do. A lot of it had to do with maybe events or getting people together because I feel like I can galvanize that like with my energy, you know, and do some fun stuff. Right. But I really didn't know why I was doing it until one friend said, you know, you're helping a lot of people. You don't know this, but you're helping a lot of people on your Fridays with their social media content, with, you know, a lot of the things that they're doing. And she goes, I really think you should you should decide on if you want to go into that route or into communications or something. And I looked at her. I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, I'm just an audiologist. And I said, I don't do that kind of stuff. I don't have any degree in marketing or branding or whatever, you know, right. digital. Yeah, I said, I can't do it. She goes, I don't have a degree and I run a company. You know, she goes, I have a degree in this. She goes, but <clears throat> my company and my nonprofit is in this. And she goes, totally separate. She goes, what's your point? Right. <laughs> and like, right. And I said, I don't have a point. Right. <laughs> and I said, dang it. And so anyway, um, it came to be where, you know, everything came all together at once. Right. Yeah. And, um, 
I was in the practice and it was time, everything was paid off. You know, the, the physician that I am working with, he basically said, start audiology with me and, um, and, you know, start it over from scratch. And so he put all the money into it after everything was paid over, paid off. Um, I was going to walk up to him and start negotiating for part of the practice, the audiology practice. And I said, okay, it's time. So I called my friend up and I said, and she's also an audiologist. And I said, all right. I said, listen to my pitch. I'm going to go ask for, you know, some part of the the practice because I built this from scratch. I said, yes, it was on his dime, but this is my practice. Like right. this is the, the closest thing that I've had to my own practice. Um, and uh, she said, what are you doing? And I go, what do you mean? I said, I want you to listen to my pitch. And she says, yeah, but you're going to go in and get an audiology practice. And I said, yeah. I said, that's like the next logical thing. I've been here for longer than what I was expecting to be here for. It's time. I want to own this practice, you know? And um, she goes, no. And I said, what do you mean? No. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, what are you talking about? I go, you don't think I can run a practice? And she goes, no. She goes, I didn't say that. She said, here's the thing. She goes, just trust me on this. She goes, I know you don't see yourself right now. And I know you just think of yourself as an audiologist because you say it all the time. Right. Right. She said, here's the deal. She goes, you're going to be bigger than that. And she goes, and you're going to own something, but it's not going to be an audiology practice. She goes, let's just walk me. I'm going to walk you through this. She goes, if you own an audiology practice, you will be stuck in that practice and you will not be able to create what you're supposed to be creating. She goes, I don't know what it is yet. You probably don't know what it is yet. She goes, please don't go in and negotiate for the practice. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, ouch. I was like, yeah. ouch. you know, but at the same time I was like, wow. And she is an audiologist that has own practices. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay. I said, all right. I said, I'll trust you, you know? So the next year while I was in my hole living, yeah. you know, yeah. um, not wanting to come out, a lot of it had to do with because if I knew I came out with something other than being an audiologist, I wasn't going to be taken seriously. You know, um, this this woman was was going to laugh, you know, because I was going to try to be this social media person, you know, or the people that I was working with on a communications team. You know, they were going to just the minute I came out as I'm helping people with their communication strategies, you know, online yeah. and all that I was just waiting for the hit. You know, I was like, I'm not coming on, but I'll I'll sit back and I'll figure it out. I sat down with my next client and I said, look, I said, can I take notes with what I'm doing with you? Cause I don't know what I'm doing and I need to start making forms and intake and everything like that. She was like, absolutely. So this is a, this is an organic skincare line. She became my first client and I started taking notes of what I wanted to do or what I was doing with her. Right. And I watched her numbers grow on Instagram from this to this. It was like 500 to like 5,000 or something, you know, it was yeah. crazy, you yeah. know, with what I was um, giving her. And, um, and she goes, you know, you're really good. And I said, mm, I'm not too sure. I just like to do it. You know, and I like to teach people how to do it. And so I started slowly creating. I started slowly getting my website together. Um, and then I get a phone call from a from a woman that I met at that weekend in, in Texas. Yeah. And she yeah. said, so I want to interview you for my magazine. And um, it's for 40 year it's, it's called She Spark. And it's for 40-year-olds um, and older. But we're, I want to interview you as an audiologist. I said, oh, perfect. I said, yeah, yeah, I can answer whatever you need, you know. Right. And she goes, like, when to, when to get your hearing test? I was like, perfect. So we set up an appointment. We She interviews me. And at the end, she says, what else are you working on? And I said, well, I said... I'm not really working on it. I said, but you know, I said, I have this thing and, um, I'm kind of like working with people on social media. I, I kind of got a website up, but I'm not ready yet. 
And she goes, okay. She goes, well, this is going to go out in May, um, your article. And she goes, so if you don't want me to put that stuff in there, then tell me before. I said, all right. Totally forgot, Ken. I was like, until, and I was like, and I was like, but I said, can you send me a reminder? Because, you know, when yeah, it goes right. out, I know, because I might not be ready by then. She goes, right. yeah, yeah. She goes, I'll send you a reminder. No reminder. May 14th. I swear this was ingrained in my head. May 14th, 10, 10 o'clock, 10.30 p.m. I'm lying in bed getting ready, you know, just looking through the phone. Right. I get a ping on my on Facebook, and it says, Thea Wood tagged you in a post on whatever page it was, you yeah. know. And I'm like, what? And I looked at it. It was May. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's May. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. And I was like, I pulled up the post. I scanned all the way to the bottom of the um, article. I was like, oh, my gosh, my business is in there. I said, oh, my gosh. I like I jabbed my husband. He's sleeping. Right? I'm like, okay, she just dropped that. And um, everybody's going to see it tomorrow morning or maybe they already saw it. I said, I had to get my website up. I spent that evening launching everything, my Instagram, my Facebook, oh. everything, Twitter. You know, I got my, my website up. I put posts up on Facebook and Instagram so it didn't look like I just started, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. May 15th, I launched forcefully. But honestly, I have to say that if that didn't happen, I would have never launched my business. I would have been sitting pretty happy in my little hole, you so, know, working so, with people. So what is the business? Okay. So Connect for Excellence. Um, basically, it's Connect and then the number four and excellence because it's based on four pillars of how I how I have enjoyed connecting with people and how I feel like I'm good at helping people connect with other people. So yeah. the first yeah. the first pillar is connecting with yourself. So I, I've created my own intellectual property, you know, type of vision boarding process yeah. that I like yeah. to kind of put together. Um, so that's connecting to yourself, connecting to others at events. So I like to participate in events, whether I'm helping people tweet out or whether I'm running the events myself. Um, connecting people to their brand on social media. So I found out that I can sit and listen and to people's stories and then help them figure out how to get it out there and teach them how to schedule and, you know, things like that, right, in social media. And then the last thing that's really important to me is connecting to give back. And so connecting to give back, initially it was starting off with just listing people on my website where people can learn about organizations and just hit the button donate now and actually give back. Or if I'm working with a business, to really talk to them about the importance of giving back in their business and what it looks for consumers that are using their services or their products, right? And so, um, so I created that. And then, and then that kind of kept rolling along. I, I ended up getting some clients here and there. Um, in my first year, you know, again, this is my Fridays off and the evenings that I work on this business. Um, and I would, and I had no goal, you know, I had no goal of like, I have to get this many clients. Right. I was just doing it, right. but I was out there and I was making money for it. Um, and in the first year, you know, I counted. I was like, okay, so in the first year, I actually have over 12 clients, which is actually pretty good. It's like one per month, you know. Yeah, that's, um, that's and those awesome. are the people that I got to help, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. so as this kind of kept going, you know, um, I, I have things that I want to do still and grow it. Um, but now my podcast came out. And so I was given the opportunity, again, showing up. Yeah. Um, I volunteered my time. TEDx, you know, here in Denver, they recognized that I was doing a great job on Twitter. So I worked on their communications team for a while. I ended up volunteering here at Fort Collins Startup Week and um, wanted to help them with their social media. And so during the event, I showed up and I went to different classes and all I had to do was kind of tweet out what I was learning, which is what I do anyway. Right. Um, right. 
But on my Friday, with my whole day off, I decided to um, go to a podcasting workshop because I was like, what? A whole day of podcasting? I'm like, perfect. I said, I'm going to go learn. You know, and I left with nine pages of notes. Plus, I was taking pictures and tweeting out for them, you know, and um, I was ready to start a podcast. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this because this is just another way of the podcast, which is connect uh, connecting a better world, is going to interview people doing good anywhere around the world. You know, I've got connections in different countries, you know, as well as here. And I don't, you don't have to have a nonprofit. If you're doing good, I want to talk to you because I want to get in to learn about how your mind works around why do you think it's so important to give back? And I want people to know that. So I have students on, you know, I have retired people on, you know, I have people who are not related with nonprofits. I have people with, who have a social responsibility business, you know, and so I don't care who you are. If you're doing good in the world, I'm tired of social media just being so um, negative all the time. And I feel like this is a way of giving back, flooding, you know, the fields with people doing actually good somewhere. I watch on Instagram and I have a list of people that I'm going to reach out to. Um, But I I have to say um, I've learned a way and I, I don't have it down on paper, but I've learned a way that I am able to connect with people through social media in order to get things done. You know, that's Um, that's, that's incredible. So So this was all this, this whole business was, was kind of, and we're, I can't even, we're at the end of the hour already. Jeez. Um, but this was kind of forced up on you and, and you resisted, but you knew you wanted to do it, but you resisted anyway. And, and now it's starting to really get some legs and, and that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm taking it as it comes, you know, again, I'm not leaving audiology. I love it. You know, my right. patients, I have patients that fly in to see me, you know, for, right. for some of the specific things that I get to do. Um, and I don't want to leave it. I, I don't want to leave audiology. Um, but I have this other part of me, you know, yeah. I have a good friend that I've met through Twitter and, um, and her name is Jen Welter and she is the first female NFL coach. And, um, she and I became friends, um, and, uh, I reached out to her. She stayed over at my house, you know, I ran wow. a camp for her, but she has a book out and in her second chapter of her book, her book is called play big, but her second chapter starts off. The title is I am an Anne, not an or, and it totally resonated with me. I gave her all the credit because I was stuck in my head of, I'm just an audiologist. Like, this is all I can do. This is what I went to school for. This is what my degree is. I couldn't possibly help anybody else other than doing audiology. And that is so not true, you know? And so that's one of the messages that hopefully, you know, by me sharing my story, it's not easy, right? you know? Um, Right. You know, I, I don't have a lot of the, the, um, I do have some stories, you know, but I don't have a lot of the really like deep, dark hole stories, you know, but it is one of those things where I have learned to surround people, uh, surround myself with the people that do encourage me, walk away quickly, walk away quickly from people who either have warned you to stay away or that you see these red flags. I'm actually getting better at that. I don't go through it three times anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And then really learning from everybody you possibly can, no matter whether you file that stuff later on and it comes up, but just make the connection and learn from people and be open to learning from people. I think that, that, you know, we all, most people go through, because I genuinely think that most people on this planet are, are good people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that there's plenty of people who are way opposite of the word good. Um, but, you know, for the most part, people are good. And, and so 
I'm like that too. Like I'll, I'll, I, I give way too many chance, or I used to. I don't anymore. Now I'm, I'll, you know, it's like you said something about seeing negativity on 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 social media. I mean, I have thirty thousand fans on my fan page, five thousand friends, thirteen thousand on Instagram, and I don't see negativity. You know why? I cut them. Like I see somebody post negative, nasty crazy stuff i block them and and i don't just unfriend them i block them because i don't want them ever having an opportunity to send me a friend request again so or follow me so i block them and because there are 7.5 billion people on this planet there's way too many good people to have to deal with the negativity i just don't do it so so natalie i, I like we are I, I we have three minutes left so you know, real quick, I want to ask you this because I, 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 you know, I, I like to, in your quick opinion, what do you think the number one thing is that keeps people stuck and not expanding in life and growing? You know, I honestly think it's fear. I know that's such a, I hear it all the time, you know, and it is fear. I mean, look at me. I, I walked through it. Yeah. The minute I, I, I didn't launch what I was doing because I was scared. I was waiting for that hit to come, right? Yeah. I wrote an article, um, a blog article, which that's probably one of my favorite articles, and I wrote it within like 10 minutes because I was thinking about it. Yeah. It's it's my vampire article. But I was waiting for all this stuff to suck the blood out of me, to do all this kind of stuff yeah. bad to me. It never came. I launched Connect for Excellence. It never came, right. you know, and so I call it my vampire article because vampires are truly, you know, fictional, right? Yes, we they create are. all this stuff in our head, yeah. you know, and it never, it might never happen. And so, you know, that, that a good friend, um, her name is Regine Corona. She told me once, she said, quit skirting around the fear, but you're going to have to figure out how to just go through, right? Yeah. You just yeah. have to do it. And so I tell people, just show up. You don't have to know why you're there. Just do it yep. and you don't have to be comfortable in it. And it, it basically is just go through the fear, you know, cause I really think it's fear. You know, I have a lot of moms and a lot of people, friends here that watch and they're like, well, I can't do what you do. I'm like, you, well, don't do what I do. Do what you can do. You know, right. and if you have you just do it. I said, right. just follow. and if you have to pivot, you pivot, you know, but again, yeah. that's yeah. living in that world where I've watched it for years and I've seen people um, and seen the yeah. successes. And so I really think that people have to just get through that fear, not around it, but just go through. I absolutely love it. I, I think that that there's nothing. I mean, and, and you know, I, I have a quite opposite story from you. But, you know, I, I, I didn't I didn't go to college. I didn't I didn't even graduate high school because I didn't get a biology credit. I hated biology. I'm like <laughs> and my senior year here, I took calculus, trigonometry, <laughs> analytic geometry. I'm acing all of that. I'm just, you know, and, and they, they call me like three months before graduation and say, hey, um, you did, you failed to get a biology credit in 10th grade. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I hate dissecting frogs. It's oh, not, not applicable for me. Like, okay, I hated it. And they're like, but you need it to graduate. And I'm like, come on, I'm never going to use that in life. Like, give me a break. So anyway, I couldn't negotiate my way through that. And so I finally just said, all right, I'm out of here then. And, and you know, now I've done incredibly well and I've had a lot of college graduates work for me. <laughs> so, right. But I think that everybody has their own path. Everybody has their own journey. And, and one of the, I, I mean, I think personally, I mean, you're a doctor, right? You're a doctor. 
I think that's incredible. What an amazing accomplishment. Thank you. It's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. So you've done some amazing things. And and I my hat I take my hat off to you. You're you're awesome. I love your energy and what you're doing. And and I, I think there's a lot of great. I don't think you're going to be in audiology very long. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> I can I, that I can too. hear it coming for you. <laughs> very funny. Yeah, brum, bum, so anyway, I think that that you know you have a lot of great things happening and and i i love your energy natalie you're you're a rock star so listen how how can everybody on here follow you if they're not already well um i'm all over social media you know so facebook you know natalie phillips twitter i think it's audio a-u-d-i-o dr phillips um i i think instagram is dr n phillips for natalie phillips and then I've got Connect for Excellence, you know, so look up Connect for Excellence. On Twitter, it's Connect and then the number four and then E. Okay. And then that should be similar for Instagram as well. Okay. Uh, LinkedIn. I'm also on LinkedIn. So I try to be, I try to be everywhere. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I try to handle all those pages. So That's incredible. So, and, and you, you, you do your doctor stuff working on people's ears, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, and, and I wanted to ask you, does that mean that you, you work with like an ENT practice? Is that? Yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to, as an audiologist, you can have your own practice. Okay. You know, most of the times you don't get the medical side. Like I do, you know, most of the times uh, a private practice audiologist, uh, they're doing some diagnostics and some hearing aids. Okay. thrive on the medical side. And so I love being with an ENT. I love being able to work, um, having great relationships with ear, nose and throat physicians. Um, and just putting the pieces together for a a proper diagnosis, uh, for patients. Um, we do balance, we do tinnitus, ringing in the ears. I do sound sensitivity, um, therapy, working on the brain. Um, you know, we do clear implants. And so I, I thrive on being able to do, and I proved everybody wrong. I don't have to choose one thing. I get to do everything in audiology and um, be a part of that. So that's I love so it. it awesome. makes it, you know, super exciting. So that's, that's yeah. awesome. And you're, you honestly, even though we had a little technical hiccup this morning, um, whoops, are you still there? I think we just, yeah, froze. I'm still there. Okay. I'm still here. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's uh, there. Um, but you know, I, you're one of the most technologically advanced women I know. Like what? I'm serious. <laughs> like I, like I, I, we won't go in, I, but I was trying to show you, you know, the stuff for Lisa's show and you just like, boom, boom, boom. You are. I'm like, wow. I don't even know what I, I'm not needed I do here. Love technology. I absolutely love it. I love what you're doing, you know, um, with the video podcasting and the YouTube yeah. and, you know, I, I definitely want to talk to you a little bit more about that, but yeah. Yeah. I love technology, even though, you know, there are some days where you're just like, but yes, technology is the way to go. I, I, I love I it. I agree. It's, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Well, Natalie, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. This has been fun. Regina Dickerson says, you are so inspiring. You must be a regular on this show. Simply oh my amazing. God. Regina is a dear friend in California. I love her. She's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a lot of great comments on here. Kristen Tibbs made some great comments. So um, you're amazing. Thank you so much. I love your energy. You're incredible. So thank you for coming on. You're welcome. All right. 
So you guys have an awesome weekend, and thank you again to Dr. Natalie Phillips for, for taking the time, and we will see you all on Monday. Thanks a lot.